Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of Big Ideas from the Business Intelligence Guy. I'm Nate Moore. I want to talk to you about a topic that's been uh, discussed recently in the MGMA community, and the issue is, how do I know if I pre-off, say, CPT codes A, B, and C, that the, the actual procedure that's done in the CPT codes that are going to be billed are not D, E, and F, or A, C, and G, or not E, not any of A, B, C. It's all, you know, QRS or some completely different CPT codes. How do I know that what I authorized is what happened? And if I didn't, how do I get out and fix it? Because a lot of these payers are going to make it a little bit difficult for you, and you got to get on this quick and fix it fast and tell them about it, you know, within so many hours or days or whatever, to say, hey, you know, we pre-authed X and we did Y or whatever. So the company graphic and the, the, the story I want to tell today is about a savvy group in the Midwest, orthopedics, and they deal with this a lot, right? I mean, where they think they're going to do one thing and then they get in there and the doctor says, no, 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 we're not doing this. We're doing that. Or we're doing this and this, or we're not doing that at all. Now we're doing something completely different. And how do they know? And so what we've done is we've built a daily email that says, here's what got billed yesterday. And here's what got pre-auth on those encounters or tickets or claims or whatever it is your practice management system calls them and trying to figure out the exceptions, right? I don't want to show you a hundred cases that got done last week when only four of them had this issue. I want it to be an exception report where I'm only going to tell you here are the cases that were billed yesterday where we didn't authorize one of those CPT codes. Go fix it. So the first trick is how the heck do you know? And so we, we had to do some workflow changes when we built this originally. And what we had to do is we said, all right, when you do the pre-authorization and you ask for a set number of codes, what you do is you enter those codes into the practice management system. So what I can do is I can go look at the case because the, the case is attached to the pre-authorization, right? And then the billing is attached to the pre-authorization. So I can look at the bill and I can go back to the pre-auth because I've got to go back to the pre-auth anyway to put the... Uh, authorization number on the CMS 1500 form, right? So when I go back to get the, the uh, CMS 1500 authorization, I also go back and say what pre, what codes were pre-authorized. And then if I see a code on the bill that's not on the pre-authorization list, my report fires and I put that out there and you'll see in the sample data, here's a patient and a ticket number and the provider, the facility, the data service, some information information about the case and the insurance and the CPT that was billed and CPT that you know, didn't get authorized, that kind of thing. So they can go back and immediately fix it. Part of the trick is trying to get the right balance between how many CPT codes do you authorize and how often do you have to go back and fix this? And, you know, in the discussion in the MGMA communities where folks said, I authorize everything I've ever thought of, and we just blast them with, you know, 50 codes, and if we only do two, they're happy because they're not going to get billed for the other 48 or whatever. And that's one approach. I think what this group tries to do is say, we're going to understand the common codes for a total knee or a total hip or for whatever it is that we're doing, and maybe catch some outliers so we get most of it, 95, 98% of them, and they're authorized on the the, the uh, pre-auth request every time. But then what we're going to do is we're going to go back and um, have the exception report catch things we missed. And then it's kind of a it's it's a bit of a like an an upward spiral process to say, well, you know, if we're having to consistently add this CPT code to four or five cases for this case or that case, it was a spine case, whatever it was, then I'm going to learn from that and say, all right, you know, I'm going to add that to my list so that I don't have to go back and get it. And maybe I used to pre-authorize six codes, now I'm going to do seven or eight, and I'm going to get most of it. 
but my exception report is going to help me and it's going to keep me from losing payment on things that I didn't pre-authorize. And so you, you got to be on this, right? This email comes out every morning and it says, you know, here's what you missed yesterday with what, what, what happened with the billing. And there's more workflow things you got to think about here as well. I mean, if it's taking you too long to get your your billing done or your charges, your H&P, your, or not, not, it's a surgery report, but getting your data into the, from the physician into the system and, and build so that we have something to compare. You know, if it's taken too long, if that process takes too long, even if the exception report fires, it's, it may well be too late for some of these payers. We've got to optimize the process of the pre-authorization. We've got to get the codes in and we've got to get the accurate codes. And we've got to, again, go a little bit wide, a little bit broad on the CP2 codes we authorize to get as many as we think we're going to need 95, 98% of the time. And then the other issue is we've got to get surgical coding. We got to get the information from the provider. We've got to get, we've got to get those op notes or whatever it is coded. And we got to get it built in the system so that the system can do its work, right? Compare what was billed to what was pre-authorized and throw it back and catch cases that you might otherwise not get paid for. And I think the question at the end of this is how many of these cases do you have to find before it's well worth your trouble to find these things and figure out the one or two cases, whether it's a day, a week, or a month, or however often this happens, where you you thought you weren't and you did and you pre-authorized and you, you need to add a code. I think it's well worth your time to consider something like this. And again, SQL Server can do this kind of stuff for breakfast. You write the code, you figure it out, you change the workflows to get the billing in and get the pre-auth codes as part of the pre-auth, and you've got data that you can use to benefit your practice. Thanks for joining me today.